Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking with two gentlemen from Ubco Bikes. Now, I have an e-bike, and actually uh, a pedal-assisted motor, things like that. It's Quiet Cat, and electronic everything is becoming more popular, all right, and including today's guests who manufacture basically an electronic dirt bike. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is um, the, hist- the the backstory of this company, their history, where they came from, how they got to where they're going, why they've decided to kind of try to break into the North American hunter and outdoorsman uh, demographic. And uh, it's just a really cool conversation about the popularity of uh, electronic vehicles and and I don't even know what the specific like a, a single person uh, transporter right which which that could be a bike that could be a little dune buggy that could be uh, like a one person dirt bike like Ubco here and so uh, very interesting conversation I know that I can tell you this right now from an access standpoint uh, when you have restricted access and deer may be able to see you walk in or you need to drive in but you don't want to make too much noise with a truck or a car uh, there are other low impact options and i can tell you from firsthand experience taking an an e-bike into my hunting locations they just kind of ignore me they kind of just look and then look away and then they'll watch me until I'm out and they'll be right back there. I had a couple scenarios this past rut where I was driving my e-bike within 40, 50 yards of a shooter buck who was bedded down in a draw and all he did was just watch me. I think he was bedded down with a doe. That may have had something to do with it, but he didn't stand up and run. Like if I drove my truck, it's, I'm, it's very quiet. And vehicles like this, I feel like, are going to be start becoming more and more popular, not only in the private world, but also in the, the backcountry world, where you can only take a truck so far until the roads go to shit, and then you can hop on one of these e-bikes or an electric dirt bike, such as an Upco, and uh, go further, go deeper, go longer. And there's some, there's some really cool functionality that we're going to talk about as well in this uh, episode. But before we get into today's episode, I do have to do a, a quick shout out to Code Blue Sense. Uh, Code Blue Sense, uh, they're running a big uh, Black Friday sale. So uh, make sure you go to uh, Code Blue Sense Instagram page or Code Blue Sense um, uh, website and you can save a ton of money on this Black Friday deal that they that they have going on. Also, if you forget the NFC 20, Nine Finger Chronicles, so NFC 20, 
Uh, it's going to save you 20% off as well. So uh, I'm not sure what the discount, the Black Friday discount is, and I doubt you can use both together. I will say that, uh, um, man, Code Blue Sense. I love their rope-a-dope system. I love being able to have every deer in the area come and investigate this little rope uh, on the preorbital gland that's hanging there, and they check it out, and I get a picture of them. And then I know exactly, not only from bucks, but from does, all age classes come and sniff this thing, and uh, it just lets me get a really good inventory of deer in the area. Uh, they have synthetic scents. They have uh, they have real scents. They have uh, scent elimination products like sprays and laundry detergents. They also have body washes and hair and things like that. So go check out CodeBlueScents.com. Discount code NFC20 for 20% off. That's it for the commercials. Let's get into today's... I don't even know what we're going to call it. We'll just call it a, a company profile podcast with Upco Bikes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today, we're going to be a little bit outside of the norm as far as products are concerned, you know, as hunting gear uh, and equipment. And we're going to be talking with Joey and Phil from Ubco. And uh, is it Ubco Bikes or is it just Ubco? Um, just Ubco, but Ubco Bikes makes it easier. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. And so uh, it was unique when you uh, want somebody from your company reached out to me and was like, hey, I'd like to get somebody on your your podcast uh, to talk about this product. And I thought it was really interesting, given the fact that there's this huge popularity of electric everything now. Right. Whether it's cars or trucks or or you know, scooters, like there's kids uh, down my street that have a motorized scooter and they just fly down and fly back. And that's all they do all day long. And so uh, you guys have what looks to be an electric motorbike or motorcycle. And so um, I guess, where do we kick it off? Phil, do you want to talk a little bit about the, the company history, how this company got started, why it got started, where it originated from? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and thanks for having us down. Much appreciated. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Upco's got a pretty unique origin story. Um, the company's originally from New Zealand, so North Island, um, a town called Taronga, uh, Mount Manganui. Okay. And um, really, the, the product was invented um, to solve a problem in dairy farming, which is one of the biggest industries in New Zealand. Um, and the, the, the government have big, kind of aggressive climate goals to decarbonize the farming sector. Um, and motorcycles are used quite commonly in farming across Australasia. Um, so really, the, the, the bike was invented to replace the, motorcycle, the combustion motorcycle on farm. And so it's been through now five generations of development. Um, and the first four were really, um, you know, putting, putting the bike to the test in really uh, harsh climate in New Zealand, where you get, you get pretty much every type of weather you can imagine um and dairy farming is one of the most probably aggressive use cases and so the, the bike that's come through that development is really um it's really quite unique in, in the context of, sort of electric bikes and, and motorcycles because it's really just built for uh pure utility and kind of hardcore use um and and much like kind of many brands that started in sort of a more of a professional line um you think of brands like carhartt and others um, really, this is this bike has been adopted by every organisation from military to 
even postal agencies through down to conservation agencies. And so we, we've been working really with national governments in Australia and New Zealand now for the last four, four or five years in North America and, um, and parts of Europe. And, and that kind of um, almost professional grade quality has started to translate into the consumer market. And one of the, one of the big areas that we've found natural adoption from customers is in is, is in hunting fishing and, and sort of general sort of backcountry recreation um and what what we've what we've seen is there's there's been a number of um products that enter the hunting space um where traditionally it was kind of you either pack in on foot or you're using a you know a quad bike atv or even a utv to sort of get back um get out into the backcountry yeah the two by two it's an all-wheel drive motorcycle which again is quite unique it's, it's it's driven by hot motors in the front and rear um and you can carry you know, a lot of gear relative to quite small factor um and so you know sportsmen are generally finding they can get further on this because they the bike weighs you know um it, you can lift it really easily and so you can lift it through um terrain that you probably couldn't get a quad bike so you can get further and get to more remote spots much more easily than um than you could if you were using a you know a larger vehicle um and then conversely relative to sort of a pedal-based electric bicycle it's just more durable it can it can withstand uh rougher terrain it can go further it's it's got longer range bigger battery and it's really built more for like a commercial um kind of hardcore use case and so from a, in a consumer context, it, it really is kind of punching well above its weight. So that that's kind of the, you know the the sort of backstory. We, we've been in operation um, seven or eight years now um, in in terms of production, and and probably four or five years in in the United States and Canada. We've got manufacturing in Eugene, Oregon. Um, we've got most of the team are based in between Eugene Bend um, and um, Southern California and. And then um, our head office is in in the North Island of New Zealand, and we've got folks in Europe and, and Australia as well. So the company's grown kind of um, under the radar, really. And and more recently, Joey kind of collaborate on this. We've we've started to push more into kind of the consumer space, um, working with you know well-known outdoor brands and uh, ambassadors to sort of really just grow the awareness of the product and kind of its capability in um a variety of use cases but i think just back to hunting that's really where we see the best uh, product market fit. It, yeah. it, it really does the job that um that someone needs um you know on a day-to-day -day basis and it it kind of um you know it wasn't intended for that originally but just that development path in farming is really um you know, kind of giving it a, a really good foundation to perform in pretty tough terrains, you know, across the United States. Okay. So, you know, when I, when I think of where do the wildlife live that I, like, where do I need to be to go hunt them? Okay. And sometimes, like you mentioned, it is very far away. It's deep, it's rugged, um, places where four by four, like uh, a side by side can't go trucks can't go even even like uh smaller four wheelers and things like that yeah if they're especially if there's a lot of deadfall or things like that and so as as the company was you know you you had this you had this 
uh, product. And this product was like, like you just mentioned the, the kind of the birth of it and who you, who, what you were trying to fix, what problem you were trying to fix and who your demographic was originally. How do you guys change a product like this or uh, alter it or, or, you know, make adjustments to it or get customer feedback from it to ch actually change the product in order to meet new standards for a new demographic, which is the, the hunters of North America. Yeah, I, I'll, I can take that, Joey, and it, um, I'll hand off to you. But I think, um, I mean, if you, if you think about the sort of the base um, requirements for products in farming, um, and then you apply that across uh, maybe a conservation use case or a hunting use case. It, it, you know, the core, the core of tenants are the same. It's reliability, it's performance, it's easy to service, it's lightweight and agile. Um, it can carry a lot of things. It's, it's useful. Um, so the the bike actually um, is a little bit of a Swiss Army knife in the fact that it can do many things, you know, very well. It's a bit like a, a pickup truck. You know, you can use it for a whole variety of things, from running to the store to going to Home Depot to, to doing more sort of hardcore use um, off road. But I think what we what we found pretty early was if we get close to the customers and we really understand their pain points and kind of how they use the bike, um, we can then build this sort of um, roadmap for the product using um, both hardware changes, which take longer to implement, as well as software changes to the firmware of the product. Um, you know, things like in implementing uh, traction control or changing the power differential to the wheels. Th these, are the, these are the things that we're working on where we've had that direct contact with our customers to say like, wh where could this product be improved? And, and where is it kind of, where does it need to go in the future for you to use it more, mm -hmm. to recommend a friend, to, 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 for it to really be something where you, you say, this is this is the tool I want to use every day. Um, so there's there's quite a lot that electric allows you to do that combustion wouldn't in the sense that we can make a lot of changes through software and firmware that that rapidly improve the, the customer experience over time without having to go back into, you know, heavy engineering and re-engineering the product, which, you know, those cycles can take 18 months, 24 months. Um, so that's, that's definitely one area. And, and I think, you know, the, the customer feedback we've had, um, has also informed the accessory ecosystem that we've built around the product. Um, and, it, and, and these things often get kind of underappreciated in the sense of, it might be such a small thing to add better storage or add something that uh, like the molly panel that you can connect more items to but when you're when you're sort of a time poor and you you know you just want to get out there and you want something to work for you removing those kind of obstacles for the customer so that they can they can really um, get the most out of the product right out of the box without having to, to, to sort of um connect too many dots themselves um, those things make a huge difference and it, it might only be one accessory in, and it could be a really cheap item in, in terms of the overall cost of the vehicle, but it, it unlocks so much value for the customer. And so that, that's been an, another thing that we've focused on in really listening to customers and sort of, uh, you know, and, and a lot of the early adopters have actually made things for the bike, which has been like inspirational to watch them kind of put these things onto the bike that they've made themselves and then that's given us ideas for what we would develop next so okay. 
it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, and I'd, I'd add on that uh, from a perspective of um, how the bike set up. You know, as as Phil mentioned, it's, it's a bit of a Swiss Army knife, and the frame itself is super high end, seven thousand tensile strength. Uh, aluminum so it's heavy duty but it's actually light in weight and there's 19 racking points on, on it so for this bike specifically and thinking about hunters it was really about making sure it was outfitted for you know being able to get into the back country get out to the blind um, with more stealth and just more cargo cap uh, capacities than maybe some other things in the electric space and so with you know a, a cargo deck in the front and back molly panels on the sides um you know a lot of different uh other things that we did is we brought in some partners in the form of onyx uh, to make sure that and, and peak designs so you have a solid uh, mount for your phone for trail systems to get where you need to go and ultimately where you should and shouldn't be in the back country with a vehicle like that um, and the great thing about it is the nimbleness too is the fact that it is hub driven there's no chain and even electric vehicles with chains, a ton of noise uh, and so it's really stealth really quiet and the 75 mile range allows it to go further and that's what really kind of creates a distinction for this product over maybe other other electric vehicles for the hunting vertical itself is, you know, relatively lightweight. You take the battery out, which can add a lot of the weight, and you're looking at just over 100 pounds. And so you can get a couple of them on a hitch mount as opposed to taking up room in a toy hauler or other things like that. And so um, – it's also got full suspension, which makes a big difference for when you have the bike loaded with all your gear, leaving room in a cooler to bring back meat and everything else like that. And so we've really tried to look at the core competencies of the product being long range, utility, uh, and quiet, and then making sure it was, you know, really fit for everything that it needed to do. Okay. All right. So let's... That's a great segue into specs. All right. So why don't we talk uh, about? You said just over a hundred pounds without the battery. What's the what's the yeah. total total weight? It's around one hundred and sixty pounds. One sixty. Okay. Yeah, right. one fifty five, one sixty with all the gear on. Okay. All right. And then so it's a so it's roughly one sixty. What is the the packing weight? How much weight can that hold? total this is something that we go back and forth on because uh ultimately we've we've tested all the everything for braking systems and the, the full capacity for range and everything to make sure that we can get that top end and it's a minimum of 330 pounds um that being said phil i mean you could probably speak to what we've done with that uh in the past that has far exceeded that weight capacity yeah so the, the because we have two models, so two core models, one is off-road only, so it's really you know, an um, off-highway vehicle. And then we have um, essentially a moped-class version, which is a VIN vehicle, which, um, so for, for road legal requirement, you know, we, we wouldn't advise someone riding on road in traffic with more than 330 pounds on the bike because of, um, you know, sort of braking um, uh, and, and just, just general safety requirements. But but we've seen people carrying 450 plus, you know, off road, as long as you're riding sensibly and um, 
you know, you, you, and you're going sort of, um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it really varies depending on the terrain, but that certainly is possible. We've, we've, we've heard stories from customers that have packed, you know, gear out and, um, also you can attach trailers and you can, you can, you can tow, you can tow, um, a remarkable amount in sort of the, the lightweight nature of the vehicle. Okay. And then with that, you guys also said a 75 mile an hour range. Okay. So one thing that I've learned from my e-bike is range going flat with no hills is completely different than range going up and down different modes and different levels of speed also play a role in that so is is 75 miles flat straight uh, a flat straight range or does that include hills and and aggressive terrain there's alternation in that um you know obviously if you were max capacity full hill climb the entire time you will get slightly less than that 75 miles but to put it to a real world application some of our ambassadors uh we have a photographer that works with sitka and she was out on a hunt with a a couple of her colleagues and they were in colorado they did uh 53 miles and it was about 3,500 feet of elevation gain with gear. And they had about a quarter of the battery left when they got back. Wow. So it does really hold up to real range. And so, I mean, it's the whole range anxiety in electric is a very real thing. And so we've done, you know, a lot of testing that and, and really putting it through uh, the ring of what it needs to actually accomplish. And so, you know, that's there's actually an article in Gear Junkie that talked about uh, taking the bike camping because the other thing about it is we do have brake regeneration uh, on there and it does a really good job of prolonging the life of that range um, and so, so the short answer is yeah perfect case scenario alternating throttle uphill and downhill nothing too extreme you'll hit 75 miles at least but if you're really pushing it i think you're going to still get close to 50 plus miles on on that charge and so you know that's kind of the the realistic range within that uh buzzword i just heard brake regeneration does that mean that every time you brake it helps charge the battery yeah exactly it prolongs it and within uh the settings you can adjust the brake regeneration from absolutely nothing to 100%. So if you know you're going to be doing a big decline coming back from a blind or getting out to a blind or whatever it might be from base camp, you're really going to get uh, a lot of that use out of it uh, to be able to really prolong it, uh, prolong the battery range there. And that, and that, that regen is coming from the, the hub motors. And so um, you can actually kind of, you can just like you can in an electric vehicle, like a you know an automotive car. You can you can use the regen to to brake, and you, once you get used to that regen, um, you can really understand you know how much you need to be on the brake um, versus off it, and, and and that also helps prolong the life of the braking system as well. And you know you don't need to change your brake pads as often. So the, it, a lot of this is um, to, to Joey's point, it's adjustable within the app, um, but ultimately like. Uh, where we're sort of heading with um, the sort of user interface on the app and kind of the um, the sort of ride modes, if you will, we're just going to make it easier and easier for customers to understand which settings work best in which environments, um, so that they take take kind of the headache out for the customer. Should I have high regen or not? If I'm doing a mountain climb, you know, we, we'll we'll do that work for you and we'll put those um, 
we'll push those over the aerobics over time to kind of just make the make the experience better yeah. okay app there's an app so in order to use this bike you have to have an app on a smartphone to turn it off and on or is it all on the vehicle it, it's it's both so okay. there's a key fob um you can you can actually disable or enable the key fob so you can put it in run mode all the time if, you, if you're out you know no chance of someone stealing it and you just want it to be on off on the um you know the hardware on the bike you can do that if you if you're running into town on it and you want to you want to be able to lock it up you can lock the steering column and you can use a key fob and then over time we will we will bake in uh, automatic start via the app but right now you don't need to use the app if you don't want to. okay so you can use it as a completely independent but the, the app kind of gives you a lot of benefit if you if you invest time into understanding it okay yeah kind of going back to the battery again uh and and uh length of use do uh have you guys found any increase or decrease in performance based off the temperature whether it's in the, let's say, the, you know, in the southern United States, it can get real hot in the 90s, even in November. And then north into Canada, you know, you're talking negative 25 with wind chill. You know, it, it can get real nasty up there. And so right. what's performance like with different temperature changes? Yeah, with, with anything lithium ion, you will have variance in the range and performance based on temperature. Mm -hmm. Now, our product is, is DPI waterproof to make sure that the ports are not getting liquid in there. So you can run this through a stream, uh, you know, run it through snow. But what we usually recommend is the battery does have an easy access. It's a single port, pull the battery lift the seat it's out in five seconds and it's really compact it's um you know it's about one foot in length about six inches wide and about eight inches tall and all of that range is in that small capacity um and you can charge off a converter single 110 and so we usually recommend is pull that out if you're going to be up in you know sub-zero temperatures pull that into your shelter for the evening and that usually does the job to make sure that you prolong the life of the battery and you're not going to see that performance issue. Um, one other thing too, on just the, the lifetime of the battery, since we kind of came from this background of, of working in agriculture and, and in fleet between New Zealand military um, and like Domino's pizza all over uh, New Zealand islands is that we found that after about a thousand full cycles so you're talking like seventy-five thousand miles of, of completely charged completely dead you're only going to lose about five to ten percent of the capacity on oh, it wow. so it's made to really last a long time and mm -hmm. and that's what that's why we back this with a two-year warranty on the battery a one-year warranty on the bike to make sure that like when you're investing in this you know it's going to be built for the job right um and that's that that really starts with the power source right and that's the, that kind of, kind of comes from okay um as far as the bike itself right i run it all day long or i run it i go to out on backcountry hunt three or four days and let's just say i got a short turnaround how long does it take from zero to full to charge that battery so you're looking at four to six hours of full tar charge. Oh, okay. Um, it comes with a, it comes with a standard like 110 fast charger. Mm -hmm. uh, and the nice thing is, if you need just to get it enough juice, 
since the fast it is a fast charger 80 percent of the battery will be charged in the first two hours and then it trickle charges up there to protect the battery cells and the life of those okay and so you really right. get kind of uh, a, a good amount of juice through it from a standard like 15 amp pull to be able to get that charge up up there relatively quick but if you're going to top it off make sure it's at 100 percent going out for a long ride you want to give it those four to six hours okay uh ne next question i have is speed and torque okay you know like that's it's it's important especially when you're going up up hills right and obviously when you're on a bike there's probably hills that are a little bit too steep i mean that's the just the way with any vehicle but there are vehicles that perform better on a more aggressive terrain than others um what is let's just say on flat ground what's the top speed and then as we start to get into the hills and the mountains um what have you guys registered is for torque Bill, you want to take that one yeah so we're, we're about officially we're about 104 newton meters of torque um and there's a thousand watt motor in each hub um these motors have been custom engineered by oco um and, and as as we've said sort of through five generations of product now so um they're they're much more um stable and powerful than, than the early generations and and one of the one of the big criticisms in the early generations was the hill climbing ability we corrected that with the gen 5 which is our current product um and that that's really you know the primary use for for a long time was was hill country farming in new zealand and and farmers needed to get up the hill carrying whatever they're carrying and and so um, what's kind of unique about the product in the, in the sense of um, the kind of experience riding it is because it's two wheel drive, you get this kind of push and pull effect. Um, so you're kind of being pulled um, from the front wheel and pushed by the back wheel. Um, it gives you a pretty unique riding experience, but once you get used to it, um, you, you start to understand really how to how to get the most out of it and how to how to ride it in a way where um, the bike does more for you. So, you know, an example would be kind of standing up, leaning forward on the bike, um, especially when you're going uphill, gives you a lot more, um, a lot more balance, but a lot more engagement of that front wheel. And so you start to, the bike starts to perform better as you get more competent at riding it. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Um, as, okay, okay so I, I see on the website that you guys have multiple versions of this. You have like your standard electric bike, your hunt edition, and your special edition. And because it's the hunting gear podcast, why don't we talk a little bit about all the different types of accessories and, uh, uh, and specs that are on this in, in like the LCD dashboard and the, the Peak Design mobile bar and things like that. So break that down for us. Yeah, absolutely. I, one of the things we wanted to do is, is create, uh, you know, really – a sense of security around some of the partners and brands that we pulled together on this. Uh, a lot of the accessories are items that we make uh, that kind of go into those 19 different racking points. So earlier I mentioned the Molly panels that run along the side to hook on a ton of extra gear. Um, there's a center carry-all that is also has a, a drain in it, so that could be filled with whatever you need. Uh, you have a front and rear cargo deck. Um, and those cargo decks, for instance, one thing that's important is be able to fit your Yeti cooler on the back uh, to be able to bring out, you know, meat. Um, there's also, uh, you know, the Peak Design phone bar mount. 
uh, those are specifically designed uh, for moto and so they're built with a magnetic as also a clip in and so that comes with an adapter fits onto your phone and i've unfortunately had to set one of these bikes down pretty hard uh and it was a total uh it was a total total mess but uh phone stayed put and so within that we wanted to make sure that was set uh, we also partnered with onyx to make sure that this came with the three-month elite membership uh, for onyx hunt um and then we also worked with bare bones living uh to add a japanese nada tool a uh, really high-end machete-type tool that fits onto uh, the Molly panels. And you also have uh, a 2700 lumen floodlight on the front of that. Really illuminates dark spaces. And then you also have that LED dash. So you can see you know, what power mode you're in, where's your speed, and, and most importantly, going back to range, where how much of the battery's been used. Because I think that's important to be able to be able to see live as you're using the bike. Um, you know, beyond that, um, it, it, it still has room to mount more items. Um, and Phil, for, forgive me if I'm forgetting anything because there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. I think there's just the, just the bow mount as well, which, mm -hmm. uh, oh, right. yeah, we, we, we work with, um, we work specifically with that attachment with Shane and, um, Shane Dorian and it, you know, we, we started on the handlebars, um, and then we moved it onto the. The front the front rack and um and you know we, we were working with um a matthews bow in the in the shoot and kind of really understanding um you know where, where the best positioning where the safest positioning for some of these attachments was going to be so um a, a lot of this has been kind of carefully curated and um and the partners we've worked with we've been working with peak design for probably over 18 months two years now and um, and, and are starting some relationships with the likes of ONX, but but all, all with the intention that this just makes the experience so much better and easier for the rider. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we've talked about the accessories. We talked about some of the specs, the weight, you know, the speed, the the range. After I take it through the mud and I, I abuse it for a week on a hunt, what type of maintenance, not only short-term, but long-term, do I need to perform on this to keep it in good shape? Yeah, I think that ultimately the nice thing about it being 86 DPI waterproof and, and all the ports being you know protected is you can just hose it down, um, even with the battery connected. I mean, if you really get it totally mudded up, it's best to just pull the battery and hose the whole thing down. Um, but other than that, the great thing is by charging the battery and cleaning it up, you don't have to do much. Um, over time, you you know need to replace the brake pads if you're really having a lot of downhill and you need to you know use the brakes heavily through the entire time. Um, but that's not like an every time use. Um, and that's one of the upsides to it is is the fact that it's you know ride it hard put it away wet in some essences yeah. and as long as you're caring for that battery it, it will really it will really do the job for a long time the other thing that's nice is that under the seat that flips up where you pull the battery out is uh, there's a field kit so there's an extra pair of brake pads in there as well as uh the tools to be able to tighten change um 
or you know fix anything necessarily you need to do on the bike uh, and it's all in a pretty compact area so it kind of comes back to this ethos for the product that is you know a lot of utility in a very small package um yeah that, that, you know, that, not... yeah no sorry sorry to cut you off joe but yeah i mean that was the that was kind of the biggest issue um you know with in terms of the arming requirement was uptime like if, if we can't use this thing pretty much every day um and it's in the shop for repairs then it doesn't work for us and, and so um you know that was that, that was really the hardest uh, hurdle to cross over you know the five generations of the product was to get it to a point where you know the uptime is super high uh, and, and i give an example of you know there's teenagers using this bike in new zealand riding it for dominoes um, and you can imagine those guys are trying to go as fast as they possibly can, break <laughs> as late as they possibly can. And, and, the, and the bikes have lasted you know, three years doing, um, you know, 30,000 kilometers a year pretty much. And, um, you know, and the, and the really only thing that needed, needed repair was the, um, every now and then we'd need a hub motor changing, but most of the stuff on the bike is modular. You know, we'll, we can ship a wheel with a hub motor on, you can assemble it yourself. You can take it to the local dealer. It really depends on your sort of preference and competency, but we, we've tried to make it something that, um, particularly the type of customer, they generally want to work on it themselves, and so we want to we want to encourage that. If, uh, you know, if we can make that easy for them. Um, I, I had this experience happen to me with my e-bike flat tire, a couple miles back away from my truck, and it sucked having to push it all the way back do you guys have any special uh flat repair kit that comes with it or um or maybe talk a little bit about the durability of the tires yeah so it comes with knobbier tires uh so that you have better clearance going over uh all terrain and we don't send it with an extra tube or anything like that but that is something that you know uh, again, always looking to improve what we can include with it. Uh, we can always ship extra. Um, and it's a standard size. It's not something that you're going to have a hard time finding standard 17 inch, you know, moto wheel and tube. And so there's, there's options on the tires as well. Yeah. Um, be able to make sure it can withstand what you need. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it, it, you really don't see the same level, like the, the same puncture rate as you would on a, on a bicycle. Uh, or an e-bike because it's it's essentially a motorcycle tire and um so it yeah it holds up a lot better in that if you were doing that side by side comparison okay uh do you guys are you guys strictly direct to consumer or do you guys have uh dealers uh in the united states so, so we have a we have a dealer network um we're around about oh just over 150 across uh, north america now um we're, we we do online direct to consumer, but really the the long term vision for the company is to to be selling directly to um, fleet customers um, with with an extensive dealer network to be able to sort of manage those ongoing relationships and, and the service. And then um, we're sort of filling in the gaps of the country where we don't have dealer coverage right now with our online business. But but if um, for instance, if we have a dealer in a particular area and someone buys online, we'll credit that dealer with the sale, make that connection for that dealer with that customer so that they can have ongoing service going forward. Um, and that, that's quite sort of distinct from a lot of companies that have chosen to go direct to consumer. And, um, there's pros and cons of, of each, but we feel with a product like this, service is kind of 
and peace of mind is is, is a big part of your personal situation. Okay. Um, and then one of the last questions uh, that I that I have is, let's say a, a a hunter who is listening to this, whether they're out west in the mountains, whether they're in the flatlands of you know the the plain states or in, in some heavily timbered uh, country like the East Coast, it can be. Um, what would you have to say to them who you know to those people who are potentially looking for some kind of vehicle like this why they should consider ubco joey do you want to take a step yeah yeah i think that um we've been circling this for a while now as as phil has mentioned we've had the core companies of the product there and we've been working with hunters all over the world in a lot and a lot of different scenarios and carefully watching the space. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we entered the space and and did it in a compelling way that we could we could make sure that we were legit. And so that was part of the reason why we partnered with Shane Dorian. Shane Dorian's best known for being a big wave surfer, but he lives in Hawaii uh, where he hunts year round and he feeds his family venison pretty much year round. And that's how he, how he provides one of his favorite pastimes, uh, hunts with a lot of people well-known in the space. And so we worked closely with him to make sure this was curated for the right way uh, that it gave a game-changing experience over what else was out there, Uh, making sure that we work with people that have used other products and see where the space is and then really showcase this product in in a space that's competitive in price but really blows a lot of the competition out of the water for power utility and and how stealth it is mm-hmm. so i think that's the three big things we hang our hat on with this product okay yeah and I, I think i think the just to, just to add i mean the I, I don't know how much your audience knows about kiwis but they're pretty no nonsense and um like they don't really accept stuff that doesn't provide value for money and so we had that kind of heritage um really in the first few years of the company and, and so introducing this into American market, we, we just want to sort of reinforce that authenticity that this, this was a product built for hard work, for professional use, um, but it's also great fun. You know, it doesn't always have to be as so as, as serious as some of the applications, but, but ultimately it's, it's delivering value for money. And um, as a company, we want to be known for that, yeah. where you, you know, have a great experience and you don't feel like you've been ripped off in any way. Right. Where is this uh, product manufactured? Um, so the, uh, the product is, uh, assembled, um, in Eugene, Oregon. So we're, we're in, uh, NHTSA approved, um, us manufacturer. Um, we, we source parts from kind of all over the world. Most, most of the, most of the, um, components on the bike were, uh, designed in New Zealand. Um, and then we source from all over Asia as, as most supply chains are, mm-hmm. um, the mainline manufacturing is um, we, our largest investor is the Taiwanese company um, that, that have, um, you know, really in kind of the smartphone world. Um, and so they've got, you know, in a manufacturing context, they're, they're operating at a really high level in terms of quality and fit and finish. Um, we, we've been working with them now for four or five years. We have our own production line with them in Asia. Um, that does the sort of main assembly, and then we bring the bring the vehicle in, 
and we have a really great team in Eugene Hogan that have been with us for four or five years now that, that, that put the bikes together um, and get them out to customers. So we have customer service in region, in each region we operate, uh, sales in each region we operate. And um, again, we feel that that's kind of a, a key differentiator that you can, you can pick the phone up and you can get hold of Clayton and he'll answer the phone within two minutes. You know. Okay. Uh, and so uh, the quality checks, though because because that's what i hear um you know a lot of companies have their uh products manufactured overseas but one thing that i really like is when they're assembled you know it may not be financially possible for them to to build everything in the united states right and i'm talking about a, a united states product at this point but as long as they're assembled in the united states it it makes it eases my mind a little bit because I know there's probably a quality check that is involved there as well to make sure everything is in working order before it's shipped out. Do you guys have a, a, a strict quality regime that you guys uh, do for every bike that's sent out? Yeah, we, we do, and we've, we've, we've sort of evolved that over um, the last at least the last three or four years in particular with with um with our manufacturing in Taiwan and, and um so there's there's kind of two stages of quality there's, there's quality of the of the um individual components that make up the vehicle and being able to sort of um ensure that our suppliers are, are providing us um really high quality components and then there's the um the kind of build quality at a sort of foundational level so the product as it does it proceed into the united states and then the final the final assembly and the final checks are all done in Eugene on the line and so every bike that goes out is is is, is basically hand engineered uh you know in terms of final assembly and signed off and so we 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 very very rarely have any issues sort of out of the box um and and we we, we pretty much have a no no question to ask policy if, if we need to sort of help the customer out in that regard. Perfect. Perfect. Well, um, I don't have any more questions for you guys. Is there anything else that we need to know about these, uh, about UBCO before we shut her down here today? Joey, you got anything? Um, not necessarily. I, you know, this is a this is an evergreen product for us. This is not a flash in the pan skew. Um, we're really dedicated to continuing to listen and evolve. You know, our hunt bike uh, to make sure it fits the needs for everybody that's using it. So we're really excited to continue to build partners and grow um, the reach and, and the uh, you know kind of use case and uh, case study around this product so more and more people see the value feel confident in, in working with us and uh yeah we want to earn that trust over time perfect and we feel we put a lot of time into it and excited for it perfect all right if people want to find out more about the product uh or any type of information that they can you know they can learn or see it in action where should we send them ubco.com just ubco.com um there's a whole page dedicated to Hunt Edition right there at the top. Um, be able to see the shoot that we did with Shane in Hawaii um, and uh, hear, hear some, some testimonials, see some comparisons, um, and uh, get all the information you need. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, give us a follow on Upco Bikes, um, at Upco Bikes on Instagram, uh, if you want to keep track of what we're doing. Um, and then, as I said, we've got like 150 dealers. You can find where they are on our website. Go grab a test ride. 
Um, or if you're in the Portland area, we're partnered with the Portland Trailblazers. We have a retail activation at the Motor Center. So uh, you can find us in more and more places. Which is- Perfect. Gentlemen, uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, hop on the podcast here and educate us about UBCO. And uh, good luck with the company and, and your guys' uh, in, your guys is stepping into the hunting space. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate your time.